Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode six, Sister, Are You Minding Your Mind? Three Proven Strategies to Help You Regulate Your Mind. Our scripture focus is 1 Peter 1.13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God bless you and welcome to today's show. I'm Rakesia McMillan, Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coach and Health Evangelist. My assignment to the body of Christ is to deliver the message of total health to help women heal their world in spirit, soul, and body. For information on total health, you can visit me on the web at rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rockyourworldnaturally. Thank you to all of our returning listeners and a very warm welcome to all of our newcomers. I had the opportunity to attend a leadership conference last week in Washington, D.C., and one segment of the conference addressed the state of mental health in America. And as I listened, as I uh, just absorbed and observed everything that took place, I felt the need, I was prompted in my spirit that I needed to talk to my fellow sisters about mental health. And according to the latest statistic with the World Health Organization, one in four people in the world is affected by mental or neurological disorders at some point in their lives. Around 450 million people currently suffer from such conditions placing mental disorders among the leading causes of ill health and disability worldwide. And so as women, Good mental health is essential to our overall well-being. And some of the statistics that are out there currently uh, with women is that more than one in five women in the U.S. experienced a mental health condition in the past year, such as depression or anxiety. Mental health conditions such as depression and bipolar affect more women than men or affect women in different ways. Mental health conditions can be treated naturally and spiritually so that we can get better and live the abundant life that Jesus wants us to live. And so as a clinical social worker, someone that's got a background uh, in therapy work, in counseling, one of the disconnects that I've seen so much um, within the church, within the body of Christ as a whole is that mental health issues are not addressed uh, in the manner that they should be. There are some ministries that are recognizing the importance of mental health and they're at the forefront by having a specific uh, department within their ministry that solely focuses on mental health for their parishioners. And so we have to understand that mental health is something that we can't ignore. It is something that we have to address within the body of Christ because not only is it an issue that needs to be addressed, it is something that is biblical. And if we just take time to think about Jesus's ministry, 
Uh, he was always healing those who were oppressed physically, whether they needed a physical healing, whether they were oppressed mentally, he was always addressing the issue. In Matthew chapter five records that a demoniac man who was naked and cutting himself, he was living alone in a cave. He had an encounter with Jesus. And the Bible says that the man, he cried day and night and no one could help him. So that is just a reflection that this man was in so much pain, that his soul was in so much anguish. We don't know what happened. The Bible doesn't give a backdrop of his history of how he actually became in this mental state that he was in. But he was so out of control, so deranged, so sorrowful that the Bible says that no one could help him. So he was emotionally and mentally bound by demons. And yes, demon spirits are very real and they still exist today. And so as Jesus encountered this man, he spoke to him and he didn't speak to the man, but he spoke to the spirit that was behind the man's mental health issue. And he commanded what the Bible calls an unclean spirit out of him. And because the man was filled with so many demons, Jesus asked the demons what the name was and the demon responded. The demon said, my name is Legion for we are many. And so Jesus not only spoke to the unclean spirit to cast him out, he also spoke and commanded the Legion to come out. And the Bible says that when that demon was cast out of him, when those legion of demons were cast out of him, that he became clothed and he was sitting there in his right mind. So this man had a mental health condition that could only be addressed first and foremost at the spiritual level. And then we see that as it is addressed in the spiritual level, the physical needs that the man had were met. He was clothed. He was in his right mind. And Jesus told the man to return back home to his family, that he wouldn't have to be alone. He wouldn't have to be isolated, cutting himself alone in the tombs where no one could help him. That's restoration right there. So Jesus says to go back home and tell your family how much the Lord has done for you and how much mercy you have been shown. So if Jesus addressed mental health issues, should not the body of Christ take the same approach and address mental health issues? Because how many of you know that there are parishioners that are suffering in silence, that they may be like that man alone, cutting themselves? There may have been a situation, a circumstance that drove them to their cave of darkness. But the Bible reminds us that in Isaiah 61, where the eagle-eyed prophet, as he is called Isaiah, he prophesied about the works that Jesus would do. He said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So whether an individual is bound mentally he came to set you free. Whether you are bound physically, he came to set you free. And not only is it recorded in the Old Testament, 
But in the New Testament, in Acts 10, 38, the Bible says that Jesus was appointed by God. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the power of God. He went around healing all who were oppressed by demons. And he went around doing good. That's what the scripture says. And many times in this dispensation within the body of Christ, I don't believe that it is addressed enough where we are teaching believers how to cast out demons, even though that was one of the greatest or the last commandments that Jesus gave to his disciples. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Who is them that believe? That means you. That means me. That's not just for the pastors, the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, the apostles. It's just not for the fivefold ministry gifts to cast out demons. But the Bible says to those who believe, these are the signs that will follow us. In my name, they will cast out devils or cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16, 17, and 18. And so a large portion or a large percentage of mental illness today, it truly could be demonically influenced and remedied by casting out unclean spirits, legions. But that's where the spirit of discernment comes in, that we would be able to discern what spirits are plaguing a person. But so much of what is taking place in the body of Christ and throughout the church today, there is so much emotionalism. There is so much uh, focus on programs that we have not kept the first foundation. We have not kept the commandments that Jesus left to his people before he ascended to heaven. And so we've replaced casting out demons and People remain bound in their state of darkness. They are bound up in those caves. They are bound in physical, emotional, and mental depression. And so I'm not going to go too much into casting out demons in this podcast, but definitely in the future, it will be taught at another time because it is certainly something that needs to be addressed within the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So this podcast is really dear to me personally because I know what it's like to struggle with debilitating depression. And I've shared this story within my military circle about overcoming um, depression as well as with other veterans. But I want to share it with you too today because I believe that it will help someone. And so while I was serving on active duty Um, When I was in the Air Force, I witnessed some of the airmen that were assigned to my unit and that I was very close to die in a very horrific B-52 plane crash. And not only did I witness it, but I was on the safety investigation accident team for the crash. And so after the event took place, I did not talk about it at all. I totally did not talk about it. I think Um, I didn't talk about it because I was devastated. I couldn't believe that it happened. Um, I believe that it was something that could have been prevented. And I harbored it for a very, very long time. It was painful. um, And I never truly properly grieved that great loss for the crew members that died on that crash that day. And so like many of my fellow veterans, I thought I could just continue on with my life. 
um, without talking about it. And I began, and it began taking a mental, emotional and physical toll on me to the point to where I didn't want to get out of bed. All I wanted to do was lock myself up in a room. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep. It was just weighing on me that heavily. And I had so much um, emotional turmoil that was going on inside of me. I was angry. I was depressed. Uh, I felt anxious all the time, especially if I heard an aircraft flying overhead. Um, I had flashbacks, chronic fatigue, concentration was off. It was just so much that was going on within me. And so I did go and seek out assistance from my primary care doctors. And, you know, the first thing that they did was prescribe antidepressant medication, just one after the other, one after the other. And it did nothing to help me. Maybe it numbed it temporarily, but it just made me feel worse. And so I went through this cycle for years um, and I was still serving on active duty as an airman. And it got to the point to where I was tired of taking the medications I was tired of feeling like I had been hit by a sledgehammer. I was tired of feeling like a zombie. I was tired of having the recurring negative thoughts, not realizing I was experiencing symptoms that were associated with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And even when I went to um, see my primary care doctors, even though um, I was experiencing these, these symptoms, it was never really addressed or approached in that manner. And so sometimes when we experience certain things in life, we gain a greater level of empathy and insight for others who are facing similar struggles. So as a woman and a veteran, this has certainly been my experience. And I also want to dispel the myth that PTSD is only veteran related. Although, you know, this may be portrayed a lot in the media, that's truly not an accurate um, assessment of PTSD. True enough, veterans, we are affected. However, there are so many individuals that are um, facing PTSD and they might not even understand or recognize or know what's going on. And if you're a woman and you're a survivor of physical or sexual assault, or if you've um, been subjected to any kind of abuse, whether that's emotional, verbal, physical, any kind of accident, if you uh, witnessed or were a part of a disaster, or if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, um, many other events can contribute to an individual having post-traumatic stress. And not everyone that has uh, PTSD has been through a dangerous event. Some people get PTSD or the symptoms associated with PTSD after a friend or a family member experiences danger or harm. So they just by association, some individuals may be affected by it. And so when we think about or are talking about PTSD or post-traumatic stress, it's, it's what it is. It's a set of symptoms that a person suffers after enduring an intensely stressful situation. So it's the stress that comes post or after the trauma. This could be war for the veteran. It could be witnessing a horrific event, such as what I went through. Or for some individuals, it may be growing up in an abusive environment. And so the individual is impacted by those stressful events post the event. They don't have time to process it while they're in the moment. But later on, 
the stress begins to take a toll on them mentally, physically, emotionally. And what I've seen, even in my work um, that I've done with veterans as well as with my clients, that sometimes uh, the, the individuals may not even be aware that what they're experiencing has to do with PTSD, but the symptoms could evolve three months after the event, and I've seen it as much as 20 or 30 years later. So there's no time frame of when uh, the symptoms or the situation could evolve for the individual. But there might be something that the individual is around that actually triggers a memory. Or there's a sound that they hear. For some veterans, it's, a fi- it's fireworks, so they can't be like in those environments where there's a lot of fireworks because of the loud sounds. Um, it reminds them of wartime environments. Watching certain movies is a trigger. For some women who have experienced traumatic events, they can evoke symptoms associated with post-traumatic stress, such as being in a certain location, or there might be a smell that reminds you and is a trigger. And the list goes on with that. And so in this podcast, I really want to share how I was able to overcome depression as well as manage uh, PTSD symptoms using some spiritual and natural tools, which I believe will be a blessing to you and they will empower you to protect your mind. And so in order to understand mental health as believers, we need to understand what the mind is from a spiritual perspective. So what is the mind? The greatest commandment in the Bible is found in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37. And it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. So in order to understand the mind, let's just break down the greatest commandment, starting with the heart. And the heart is the central focus from which all aspects of moral life flows. And when we say moral life, meaning those things that are good, decent, right, honorable, ethical, for the believer, the word of God is our moral foundation. It is our moral compass. In the Bible, it directs the way that we live our lives out loud. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever we think or meditate on and allow into our hearts, it governs or controls what comes out of our expression. And so the heart holds the power of feelings or affections. The word heart primarily refers to the ruling center of the whole person. It is the wellspring of all of our desires. And according to the Bible, the heart is the center, not only for spiritual activity, but of all operations of human life. And so there is a deep connection between the heart and the mind. It is not only spiritual, but physical. We know if our heart stops beating, then the very life within us ceases to exist because it is connected to our heart. So the heart is very powerful in spirit as well as in the natural. And taking a look at the soul, which is the second component of that command, It says that the soul is what we need to love the Lord our God with, with all of our might. And the soul is the part of who we are that holds the very sense of our feelings. It's how we feel. It's the emotional part of who we are. It's the very seat of where our mind, our will, our imaginations, our intellect, 
our emotions all exist within the soul. And so it is actually within the soul that we love him with all of our mind. And then that last part of that commandment, loving him with our mind, the mind in this scripture is translated as meditation or reflective ability. We have to love the Lord God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, with, with meditation, with reflection. So I ask you, how often do you think upon or you reflect on the Lord? The love and the life of our Father surrounds us in every area of our lives, our very existence, our children, our family, our spouses, humanity, and all of creation. God is here with us. He is present, Jehovah Shammah. We can think upon and reflect on his awesome wonders. And from those thoughts, have you ever been in love with someone and you just think about them all the time? Doesn't your love deepen for them? Or even if you have children, when you're around them, when you think about them, you think about their smile, you think about how they're growing, how you're training them up in the Lord, your love deepens for your children. And so God wants us to do that in the same manner as we are his children with him. He wants us to look up to him as Abba, that word being translated father, daddy, God. He wants us to think about him, not because of what he can do, but simply for who he is. He is our Abba. He is our father. So he wants our meditation, our reflection to be on him, to see him in all of life, to see his presence, to see his reflection. And as we are living in this 21st century, there are so many things that are competing for our attention. They are competing for our mind. We are living in a world where our minds can become so easily distracted by what's going on around us. There is constant stimulation from the media, from the internet, from television. Um, experts estimate that the mind thinks between 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. I'll say that again. Experts estimate that the mind thinks between 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. That's an average of 2,500 or 3,300 thoughts per hour. <laughs> that is simply incredible. What infinite intelligence to create a mind such as ours to be able to process that many thoughts in a single day. Some other experts es estimate a smaller number, 50,000 thoughts per day, which means about 2,100 thoughts per hour, which is still amazing to me. <laughs> so there are physical and spiritual forces that are competing with our mind that distract and keep us from loving the Lord with all of our minds that leave little to no space to reflect or think about him. This is a demonic strategy of the enemy to get you so distracted by problems, distracted by issues, distracted by social media, distracted by mindless TV, distracted by reality TV, which isn't even reality. It's designed to get your mind off your purpose in life and to keep your focus off of the Lord. And so as believers, our perspective in life must be towards the kingdom of God. Because guess what? Our stay here on earth is only temporary. This is not our permanent home. Heaven is our eternal home. And so loving the Lord our God with all of our mind, it must be intentional. 
In our scripture focus that I read earlier, Peter wrote about this verse and it is extremely powerful and it provides a graphic picture that expresses something that you and I must apply to our daily lives. He wrote, gird up the loins of your mind. So in order to get through the depression, in order to overcome those symptoms that were associated with PTSD, not only did I need to pray, but I had to gird up the loins of my mind. In Rick Renner's Sparkling Gems of the Greek, he shares this phrase, gird up the loins, comes from the Greek word anadzonomi. This word was used to describe Orientals who wore long robes before taking a long journey or before running in a race. They would gather up their loose robes and tuck them up under their girdle. Most frequently, this word was used to depict a runner who was running a race, to run freely and without hindrance. He would reach down to gather the long dangling ends of his garment and then tuck them under his belt. With the loose ends out of the way, he could then run freely and without distraction. But the runner would get in trouble if he ever allowed his garments to fall down and become entangled in his legs. Even though he may have been picking up his stride and running a good race up to that point, the encumbrance of dangling, loosely hanging clothes would hinder his steps. And allowing those loose ends to keep dangling would have been a sure way to lose the race. But notice that Peter is not talking about a garment made of material. He's referring to the loins of our minds. So if you can get a visual of that runner in a long garment, and maybe you've had an experience where you've been running or walking and um, something becomes entangled with your legs, it trips you up and it hinders you from getting to the place where you need to be. And so this is the picture that is uh, portrayed as these words are, are written by Peter. And he's telling us that, ladies, we need to deal with the loose ends that exist within our soul. Whether that's a soul wound, whether it's an emotional wound. All of the power of the Holy Spirit is here to empower us to help us to grab a hold of those dangling areas in our minds so that we can put them away or deal with them or that we can remove them by the authority of God's word because if we don't, it hinders our steps and slows us down in our race and in our ability to successfully walk with God. And he truly wants us to be successful in our walk. But if there are things in our souls that we haven't dealt with, we have to come face to face. And so, ladies, if we want to be successful in our spiritual lives and our, our walk with the Lord, then we have to start dealing with the loins of our minds. We have to and we must seek to deal with the emotional loose ends that are keeping us bound because there are some women that are cutting themselves. There are some women that are isolating themselves. There are some women who are in those spiritual caves. And Peter encourages us to tighten up those areas that the enemy would try to grab a hold of and use against us. So I ask you today, are there any loose ends that you need to deal with in your life right now? 
and trust and believe we all have loose ends. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. The bishop, the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the lay member, the baby Christian, the seasoned Christian. No one is exempt. Not you, not me. But you know what? That's what makes us aware of our need to need a savior to help us to tie up all of those loose ends that could be tripping us up from keeping us from running this race with patience that are keeping us from running the good fight of faith and that are keeping us from reaching our God-given destiny. And so those loose ends that are dangling, they could be expressive of negative recurring thought patterns that you have that may be weighing you down. There may may be representative of some type of major overwhelming mental distraction that's keeping you from loving the Lord your God with all of your mind, with all of your reflection. And so he's encouraging us to deal with those loose ends. And here's where we have to take a spiritual microscope to review our lives, become transparent, become honest, When it comes to minding our minds, I had to be honest with myself when I was facing PTSD. Mentally, I was a wreck because I experienced an emotional tragedy that impacted my soul, the place where my mind resides. So in order to heal my soul so that my mind can be healthy, I had to seek God for spiritual and natural tools. And the Holy Spirit led me to begin with strengthening my spirit first, my soul, and then my body in that order. In his book, The Spiritual Man, Watchman Nee provides inspired wisdom on the function of the spirit, the soul, and the body components of man. And personally, this is the most comprehensive and enlightening book that I have ever read on the subject of the functions of the spirit the soul and the body and we're going to go over those each one we're going to break it down so that we can have a clear understanding of what each component is meant to do having an understanding of the three components of who we are spirit soul and body it's going to help you to begin to regulate your mind and the first part of who we are the spirit In Watchman Nee's book, The Spiritual Man, he wrote that out of these three components, the spirit is the most noble part of who we are because this is the part of our existence that communicates with God. I love that. It's the part of who we are that has direct communication with God. So whenever we go forward in prayer, when we go forward in worship, when we go forward in meditation or fasting, when we're reading our Bibles, when we are studying the Holy Scriptures, this is how we connect with God. And the Spirit is the place where we have contact and connect with the spiritual world. And so, in fact, it's how we engage in spiritual warfare. So it's out of your spirit that you are activating your angels with the word of God. You are speaking it with your physical body. You're thinking about it with your mind. However, it is with the spirit that we make that connection. And so we can see that there is a 
intricate connection between the spirit, the soul, and the body, but each one has a separate function. And just like we activate the angelic world, our heavenly hosts that are warring and battling and fighting on our behalf, that in that same manner, through our spirit, we bind and we cast out demons. We cannot bind and cast out demons out of our fleshly nature. God may use our physical bodies, whether it's to lay hands on someone, whether it's to speak to uh, a demon to cast it out of a person, but it is out of the spirit that connects with the spirit realm. And so, and please also note that there is a difference between the Holy Spirit and the spirit of man two totally separate entities. The spirit is under the direction and the influence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but we have a separate spirit within our makeup. And so the Lord told me, he said that I had to strengthen my spirit first. And one of the key things that I always want you to remember that any form of health transformation must address your spiritual health first. And that's what makes God's plan for health so different than the other plans that are outside in the secular world. If you listen to my previous podcast that talked about God's plan for our divine health, his divine prescription, it is totally separate and different than the world's way. And so we will always take into account the spiritual first before even addressing the physical needs when it comes to our health. And so in order to bring my spirit into a place of connection, I began making daily scripture affirmations to bring my spirit under the authority of God's word. And even though that's been almost 20 years ago, I will never forget the day that this happened and it changed me forever. And when I was struggling and going through uh, the ups and the downs of depression, PTSD, just the emotions, um, I was praying, I was walking in my living room and I heard the Holy Spirit say, he spoke into my spirit. He directed me to my bookshelf to get a certain book that I had bought, but I never read. And it was Pastor Creflo Dollar's How to Trouble Your Trouble. And about midway through the book, there were scripture affirmations that I began to make daily. And shortly after this, my pastor introduced me to a book called Charles Capps's book entitled Creative Power Will Work For You or God's Creative Power Will Work For You. And so the scripture affirmations that were in these books were identical. So it was Pastor Creflo Dollar's How to Trouble Your Trouble And then um, Pastor Charles Capps, God's creative power will work for you. And so I was led to speak and say these affirmations on a daily basis. And within one month, I noticed a major shift in my spiritual strength. And as a result, my thinking and my mind, my meditation, my reflection, what I was thinking on began to regain focus and clarity. And let me share this with you that making scripture affirmations on a daily basis takes work. Just like you condition your physical body at the gym, just as much we must condition our spiritual bodies as well. 
And so you've got to put the work in. It's not just going to happen. And so if you've never made scripture affirmations, I encourage you to make them a part of your daily spiritual practice. And with technology, we are so blessed because on YouTube, you can find Pastor Charles Capps's uh, Creative Power Confessions and make them a part of your daily life. And I know shortly God is leading me to do the same, whether it's over a specific area of health so that I can share those with you guys um, to make them on a daily basis and make them a part of your spiritual regimen, I like to say. For me, I still make confessions every single morning. I'm making them in the afternoon before I go to bed at night. In the morning for me, making my affirmations is like having my morning cup of coffee. If I, if I can't release that word and connect my spirit in prayer and worship and spend that time with God, I'm totally disconnected throughout the rest of the day. So it's like having my morning cup, cup of coffee. The second component of who we are is the soul. And I want to say that taking care of our soul is often the most neglected part of our physical makeup, but it is the part of our lives that needs the most work. Paul said that we are to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling in Philippians 2.12. The soul is the place where so much, um, whether it's emotional damage or emotional injury, takes place. It's the place where um, our will is governed. It's the place where our imagination exists. It's the place where our dreams exist. Um, It's where the mind exists. And remember I shared at the beginning of our teaching that that word mind is translated as focus, reflection, or meditation. And so for me, I had to gird up the loins of my mind and begin redirecting my thoughts to reflect and meditate on the Lord, on his love, on his goodness for me. I had to redirect my thoughts towards his countless blessings. I had to purposefully connect with positive people that were not toxic to my emotions. I had to engage in things that I enjoyed doing whether that's being outside in nature, serving others in my community, staying active in my church, listening to my favorite music. I did things to feed my soul, to feed my mind, to feed my emotions with positive things. And personally, one of the things that I did is I sought out support from a licensed clinical therapist. One of the things that I heard when I went through grad school, she said, every therapist needs a therapist. And I really didn't understand it until I started going through and experiencing some of those things. And I said, you know what? Now I get it. I totally get it. And I believe that every person could benefit from some type of uh, therapy work because there's so many issues that um, we may not have dealt with, that we may not have addressed in our own personal lives that we need some support to work through. But not only do I believe in clinical therapy support, I also believe in spiritual support. We need to be able to receive godly counsel alongside of what we are receiving uh, on the outside. And if you need assistance in this area, just reach out to me via email at rockyourworldnaturally at gmail.com. Call me on the number that's listed on my website at rockyourwellnaturally.com. Uh, 
I will pray with you concerning your situation and we'll receive some strategies from God to help you to work through working through your soul work because all of our souls need work. And then that last component is the body. Simply put, I had to change my eating habits. <laughs> I had to change my eating habits by fueling my body with whole clean food, drinking clean filtered water, getting into the fresh air with exercise. I was basically practicing the seven divine keys to unlock extraordinary health that are in my book. And that's actually how they evolved when I went through my personal experience. And as I began to change my eating habits, there was also a difference. So my spirit was aligned first, then my soul came in line, and then my body became aligned. And I truly believe that this is God's good and perfect will. When we have divine alignment in all three areas of our lives, my mind began to be regulated. I had more energy. I was more restful. I had a more regulated mind. I wasn't um, thinking as many negative recurring thoughts as I was because the, the spirit of the Lord began to govern my mind. And so as I was consistent and followed through, my mental state changed drastically. What was happening? I was grabbing hold of those dangling ends, those loose ends that were unraveled, that were keeping me from moving forward and advancing in my destiny as a health evangelist to spread the good news of health and at the same time bringing the spiritual component because at the end of the day, it's always about the souls. And so I want to encourage you to stop and reevaluate your life so that you can take hold of those areas of your mind that need to be addressed so that you'll be able to run the race that's set before you freely with no entanglements, with no hindrances, with no distractions. God wants you to be free from that. He wants your soul to be free. And so I want to pray a prayer for you to help you mind your mind to help you to get your mind regulated because this is an area that we all have to work on and until we are called home to be with the Lord this is something that we all have to practice on a daily basis and so let me pray with you so Lord I just want to thank you for speaking into our lives about how important it is to be intentional about minding our minds, Lord. Our desire is to follow and keep your greatest commandment, which is to love you, Lord, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. I ask you, Father, to strengthen every woman that is listening in to help her, help us to tie up those loose ends in our minds. I say to our minds, God, that we are subject to the power of your word. And your word empowers us to think and operate and demonstrate fully with the mind of Christ. I thank you that we are renewed in the spirit of our mind this day. I come against every form of distraction that will try to take my sister's mind off of you. I say that the blood of Jesus covers every mind. I decree and declare divine alignment in spirit, soul, and body. For Father, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it is only by your Spirit, Lord. 
to every sister that is listening, God, I speak to every emotional hurt, every emotional trauma that took place, Lord God, within her soul. And I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak, Father, to every unclean spirit, spirit of torment, spirit of rejection, spirit of fear, and command them to come out now in the name of Jesus. And I release an abundance of peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit into my sister's lives in Jesus' name. I thank you for redirecting our minds and setting us on the right course. Thank you for the grace, Lord, to tie up those loose ends, oh God, those things that we may have never dealt with. Give us the strength, give us the courage, Lord God, to allow you to enter in to bring the divine healing that it can only come from you, that can only come from Jehovah Rapha. So Lord, we thank you for the healing. We thank you for teaching us how to mind our minds. Thank you for regulating our minds through your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in the precious and the matchless name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash rockyourworldnaturally and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld.com. 28.